Yo, I promise to stand on everything that I say. It's been another week. What do you say we go ahead and get right on into it? Appreciate the round of applause. Everyone go ahead and be seated, please, and act accordingly. Go ahead and kick it off this week and let you know as a reminder, this week's episode will contain some explicit content. So again, guard your ears. But if you don't want to guard your ears, tune in because it's going to be a good one. Got with me today, my player partner, my brother, Andy. <laughs> What's happening, man? What's going on, Andy? Uh... Shit, man, feeling feeling really good, man. Like in terms of, I guess, <clears throat> like you know, people the terms are coined now. I guess energy. I think my energy is in a in a better place, and I feel like uh, a lot more pieces around me. So that's a, that's a good foundation for everything moving forward. So that's that's dope. Okay. So yeah. you got That's some dope. good energy going. All right. Yeah, a little bit of good juju right now. You know, that's damn near need to knock on some wood because it's you know you you kind of be you know not want to jinx it. But yeah, okay. shit, is, shit is going well. So this episode is uh, being powered by. I've gone through a cup of Joe. I have now shifted to uh, some red wine, uh, Pinot Noir, uh, Oyster Bay. Which is the same wine that they were drinking on Meet the Parents when Greg went to meet the family. Are you making that shit up? No, it's for real. Because I remember. And he bought it from like a, I want to say it was something like a Walgreens. But they was talking about on there that it was good too. I remember Oyster Bay. This one didn't come from Walgreens, but you get the picture. But we're going to get right into this shit. This week's unpopular fact. Uh, Andy, did you come up with one? Yeah, I, the only thing that could come to mind was something I was thinking about. Uh, unpopular fact, there's one player, and I was thinking just in basketball, but dare I say um, the most underrated player in all of sports history. Unpopular fact, I know who this person is. I hope you're tantalizing and ready to know. If not, I'm going to fucking tell you anyway. But look. Chris Jackson, better known as better known as Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, like the shot that this man had in his in his era. And again, I'm not saying he's comparable at all to Steph Curry because Curry had a much larger and longer range. But in terms of his shot, his perimeter shot, he was he was the Curry of that time. He was he was bar none. He can not only he not only did he have an amazing handle, an amazing set shot, but he moved off of the ball in a sense that like Reggie Miller or Rip Hamilton did. 
and he could come off of a screen and he had an amazingly beautiful shot. And another little known fact is he also had Tourette syndrome. Absolutely. So, you know, he had a twitch. He did things and you know, I'm not I'm just being real. Like he had, you know, I'm just trying to get let people visually or sonically kind of see you know what I'm describing He had a twitch he, One of the things That he said he would do Is like if he dropped His keys or some shit And it didn't feel right He would pick them up Like 40 times Until it felt right And he would do The same thing With his shot Every day So every day He might be putting up Anywhere from 200 To 500 shots This motherfucker Was cold And Y'all, a lot of y'all younger generations, I'm telling you, look him up. He actually played at LSU with Shaquille O'Neal, and it was them two that made everybody like, oh, just because of these two alone, we are national championship contenders. They did not win one, but they were one of those powerful perennial teams at that time. Like you had to respect, like that's Shaq, that's, that's fucking he Chris do Jackson. Some bullshit. When he, he did, and then he got blackballed. Yeah, yes, what did he do? He during the anthem. Right, he, he sat down and he was stretching. That's <laughs> and and in that, and you got to think of the time frame in which he did that. And then again, he changed his name. Uh, I think immediate, not immediately, but after college, he became he he, he joined the Nation of Islam. He changed his name to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Like I learned more about his game as Mahmoud Abdul Rauf than I did when he was you know better known as Chris Jackson but when I tell you this motherfucker was cold he was consistently anywhere from 14 to 18 anywhere even he ranged up to 22 26 points per game just throughout like all of his seasons and he was a passer first like a Chris Chris Paul like he is after they blackballed him they don't even like they talk about a lot of people who, you know, the dumb shit they did and the failures and the and the not top ten. You know, they talk about a lot of shit that sucks, but they don't even mention his name. Like they tried to erase. You don't even hear when you hear people talk about good just role players or solid players. You know, or you know, he was still at a point in his career where he was. He was a veteran, but he was still at his peak. He didn't even have an athletic decline at that point. He was still fucking balling. And then after he stretched, he did. I'll never forget. I saw I was watching the game. He did the V leg stretch. You know what I'm saying? When you touching, you know what I'm saying? You touch just you stretching forward, you getting one toe, you hitting another toe. And then after that, man, it was like it was like literally like the basketball guys, if you will, just made that nigga poof, just disappear. And they erased, like like a lot of black history where you like, oh, I didn't know a black person did that. And they erased that shit from history. They motherfucking erased his whole career to the point that you don't even remember. Like, you remember motherfuckers who did a lot of fucked up shit. He don't have no historical fuck up moments. He just didn't win a, a ship, but the nigga could ball. And I think he's the most underrated and completely slept on talent. And it wasn't like he fucked up, like he, he, you know, had a drug problem, you know. Now I don't want to just associate a nigga name, but shout out Sean Kemp. You know, he conquered it, but, you know, <laughs> it wasn't, you, you know, right. It wasn't like he did something outside of our, what our constitution gives us the rights to do as Americans. He ain't do nothing wild. He ain't get no felony. He didn't kill nobody. He didn't get a DUI. He didn't run a motherfucker over. He didn't, he didn't talk a lot of shit. He was a man of few words, you know, but he did what he had to do. He should have got a pass for his Tourette's. And I, I respect your argument, but I don't know how to think on that. Is he the most underrated athlete? Yeah, man, because in history. he had the skill set. Like, 
he because you know the NBA even then like especially with all stars and you know with when you with voting and picks you know like we were talking about that mm. John ja Morant might not even make the all star game you know mm. and, and he will in terms of he'll be a backup but I mean just with the people voting and shit like he he there's a possibility because so many guards he was comparable in that sense that like. Any given year, you can make him an all star, but he's just not that perennial. You know, his team isn't vying there. They're a playoff team, you know, in the range of, you know, four to eight, you know, but nigga was cold. I can't think, you know, especially off of, you know, like Colin Kaepernick is going to be forever, like for generations to come, because we're in an age of information. And, you know, we're in an age now where, you know, being politically correct is almost, you know, it's an impossible expectation, really. Well, Colin Kaepernick is. But yeah, but but think about how how much people talk about Cap, right or wrong. How much they associate with him with pivotal moments in history. Time will tell as the future comes. But we don't even we don't even get like we know about this with Muhammad Ali and how his stance was. But mm. Chris Jackson is just like gone. He just ghosted. Okay. No love. So shout out to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Shout out Chris Jackson. That nigga, that nigga named Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf now. Well, the baller formerly known as Chris Jackson. Shout out to you. Yeah. Uh, my unpopular fact this week, and I've I've said this uh, previously just on throwing it out there, that uh, vaccinated versus unvaccinated is the new segregation. Um, and I think people are starting to see that. Uh, the black and white agenda don't get as much uh, attention anymore. It's just like, you know, whatever. You know, there's a white. new way to segregate black people. Yeah. There's another new way. There's an even newer way. Look, you'll agree with this. There's a, there's two types of niggas now. They're the type of niggas that say <laughs> grand, grand, <laughs> the type of niggas that say grand rising queen. <laughs> Boy, them motherfuckers and, ain't shit. Who be and, the, and, the type, and the type of niggas that don't, you know what I'm saying? Man. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a great way. Yeah, I did. We've but, been uh, we've been split. Um, that's the new segregation. <laughs> and once this is over with, this phase, I feel like it's gonna transition over to Christianity. Um, because now it's so much religion. Talk and we gonna get into that later on Um, We got a lot of good shit on that But um, The vaccinated and I I feel like The vaccinated Are starting to see like man Did I make the right decision Cause I know someone who's vaccinated Who said they're on their Fourth bout with COVID So if you're vaccinated And you're on the fourth bout Are they having a Are they asymptomatic dealing with it or uh, They they claim they've been sick But Um, and this is probably not going to be popular, but that I don't said care. Claim. Uh, <laughs> like they lying about yeah, music. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, like, come on, man. That like, nigga that, cooning so, yeah, nigga be boy, cooning, he boy. cooning so bad. Ooh. I saw, I saw, uh, Ooh. through that soon as he was like, oh, I was down with COVID and I really didn't know if I was going to make it. Like, okay, you're vaccinated. They told you that. If you first it was if you get vaccinated you can't get it. Then it was if you get vaccinated the symptoms are going to be lesser. Now is you get vaccinated and hey at least you didn't die. So he's saying if he went vaccinated he feel like he would have died like that's the dumbest thing ever. I know they cut him a check behind the scenes on that. 
Cause Stephen A. Smith, um, I don't respect him no you more. He just be cooning. It I seems like don't like what he do to Kyrie, man. I just thought of a whole new conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. and this is gonna be when you think about it, you're gonna be like, oh shit. I think that Stephen A. Smith secretly works for Jerry Jones, just because he just he's just like a. And the way he just keeps poking and prodding, like he can't get off the Cowboys' dick. Like I'm not a Cowboys fan. Nobody, if you're not a Cowboys fan, you, you're tired. You're ignoring their team. Their fans are obnoxious. 49ers fans are obnoxious, but nowhere near. Now hold on. No, I, I actually made. I thought out a whole list because I come from a place where that's another story. But you know, I made a whole list of annoying fans. Y'all are in the top five of annoying fans. I'm still so riding you, with y'all. If you Google it, ever, though, we're not in the top five. No, I'm y'all y'all got fans. groupie. Y'all got groupies everywhere. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But y'all are y'all are annoying as fuck. And part of my is my personal. A lot of the motherfuckers who did their little polls and shit, they didn't hang around you personally, especially well, I mean, with terms of your fandom. Like you, I always like the Forty ers Like I like Moss, and you know, you make me, you make me want to like hate on the Niners because you're just such an asshole. So, like, I don't think he. I don't think that Steelers he fans are super annoying. Cowboys fans are super annoying. Packers fans are super annoying. Patriots fans are don't super annoying. Don't get too fall key. I, I don't think Stephen A. Um, works with. No, I, I, the reason I say that is because, you know, like, Jerry Rice, I think, is a, a complete, huge, like, racist. Like, I call, when people say they're Cowboys fans, I always say the Candyland Cowboys. And I think that with the amount of cooning, like you said, I don't even need to go into detail. The way he be just hulling. The fuck out of Kyrie Like this dude is Like you don't forget This dude is an African American man Who's humbly saying This is a serious Decision That impacts a lot of people And I'm making I didn't think basketball Was stripped Like he's humble And he's He's explaining himself More than he even Fucking needs to And and this motherfucker The way he keep Getting on him Like I I don't give a fuck Jerry Jerry Rice He's Cowboys But he owns A lot of other shit he owns a lot of shit. The way the the way the Stephen A. Smith coons, I feel like in some way, in some pat, platform, in some paid funnel, he he either way he works for a racist that that wants him to be cooning the way he does. So I think it's Jerry Jones. But all them on he ESPN for Jerry. doing that shit. Damn, I don't even watch ESPN no more. Ocho don't. Man, all the motherfuckers on but Ocho's, this show. Ocho's like African. You know what I'm saying? Man, he, they got too many women down. Oh shit! What's wrong with shit? What's wrong with women? It ain't nothing wrong with it, but you, you gotta know like your it. place. It's women like they can't don't speak know. on sports. I don't want to hear. It. That's crazy, dude. I don't. I don't. I don't want. You can speak on sports, but I don't want you leading the conversation on sports. Think about when we were especially coming with ba- up. I mean with, with with basketball. I think it's appropriate when we were coming up. What woman did you see sitting on the panel, leading the conversation, moderating, telling them to calm down? Uh, there wasn't, but I mean, times change, bro. Nah, I'm not going for that. You that, you you sound problem. completely unprogressive. No, I am. Pro- that, that's the problem. You sound People conservative are as fuck. Too progressive. Too progressive that's that a woman can't commentate and lead the panel. No, not of men. That's the problem. You don't think a woman can lead any panel man on any subject, do you? No. It doesn't matter if she has doctorates. No. It could be chemistry. No. Finish. She shouldn't lead a panel of men. Should be in leadership. Yeah, period. that's your that's your world. That's your yeah, world view. So, so that means that she, she a woman that has that position has too much leadership. What what is she bringing to the like? If you really look into it, the majority of them have never played sports. Okay. Uh, 
you got real journalists. Now, some of the women I do respect, they don't even lead the panel. That lets you know it's not about their knowledge. It's about their look. Doris Burke. Melissa, All of these, um, damn, what's the young what's lady the on the show from the inside the NBA? Uh, the black lady, she has a background in basketball. She she played, but too. she don't be on all the time. Candace Parker, I respect her. No, not her Candace knowledge. Parker. No, I'm talking about the woman who let it's I her know show. You're talking about, it's, but Maria, uh, whatever her name is, she has no business on there, she has no background with that. Shit. And nah, I just I don't but, agree but here, with that. But shit. here's the thing, and, and we talked about this. It's like, dig this the same way we talk about businesses, right? Like, if it's a business. Regardless of your ethical code, if it's a product that reaches a certain demographic and it gets sales, because trust me, at the end of the day, it's about money. If people didn't look at these demographics and there wasn't a market to say, you know what, this is viable and people want this and this will sustain ratings, whether they feel like I'm sure the people this is my thing. I'm sure the program directors who actually put these ladies in these positions probably feel the same way. But what at the end of the day, it comes down to the bottom line and that dollar. And they're like, she is going to target demographics there. They look at the ratio and percentages of more and more women that at various levels are into and interested in sports. And now they're buyers and now they're consumers of this product. So now we got to customize in order to be, Able they're to maximize our women. They're they not put, targeting women, but at the same time, women. When you get women, up, women more women get engaged. And to no, de- you have to look at the numbers and the, the market of, of women who are like revenue generators. Men. Women, women are revenue generators in pro sports now. They they might be, but again, the overall theme is less emasculate men. Like that's what it is. I may be underlying, but there's I'm saying. Like the same as anything, like you can, we could talk about crack as as being the underlying reason and, and designed to actually target the African American community. But at the same time, there was a there was a target market, and there was a it, it, what ultimately became a, a, a demand. Men need to be get There's back a to target being market men. and a demand that wanted that though, bro. That's the I mean, thing you gotta you it, know. And it might be. It might be a target market that wants that. I don't mind hearing women talk about sports. But I'm saying as far as the culture goes and as far as society I don't in mind, general. I don't mind a woman being a leader. Well, we, you know, we, we got differences of opinion on it. Yeah, we do. Yeah, which is fine. But My now, mom was a leader. I mean, hey, my mom was a leader in her role. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That and that and, and uh, if but you look, I think I think a, I think a woman dictates that role. Like a, we shouldn't dictate nah, to a woman. Nah, women bring too many emotions to roles like that. My they mom, don't, they I, don't handle I, shit the way. I, I don't it think. Be I don't think every woman does. I think there are exceptional women who can. Overall, I, the same way. If there's some men who are wrong for leadership that are in it, and there's there are some women who are wrong. You know, but at the same time, there are some women who are. Research the agenda. If you look at the agenda, white men and black men basically have the same uh, level now in corporate America. It's the women that they're promoting and the women that they're looking at to jobs. But you also, if you look at numbers as well, more women, especially in the African-American community, have higher levels of education than the men. Absolutely. Why is that? Because they're the ones pursuing it. Right. Why? Well, you know, that could tie back to I get where you're eventually trying to go to, but I'm saying, but there's a, there's a cause and effect. And what I'm saying is, I know I am, again, it's all based on worldview. So I understand your worldview. Mm-hmm. But here's mine. Like, I came from a situation where, you know, me growing up, like, we moved into several different states because my mom, we went from getting robbed in Detroit 
me almost dying to my mom going back in her master's in HR. And then we're moving like a military family. Like she took me from literally seeing a middle lower income to middle class, middle upper, you know, upper middle. And I got to see that transition growing up. She put people in HR, like in positions to actually have careers. Like some of my friends were people that she hired and in corporate settings, they would say that, you know what? He's not a team player specifically. She would tell me situations where just because the person was black, like I don't think he's going to integrate. I don't think he's going to be a team player. And she would put her career and her name on the line for people that she felt like based on their background, based on assessing them, could be successful. And that was men and women. Like there are people across the nation that actually call my mom mom just because of what they did from a men. She did for them from a mentor perspective. All that information, I just, because she was my mom, I didn't even see her as a value for that. I didn't come to her like that because I was independent. That's commendable. It's so, but I, people, I, that just you know that's that's my worldview. That's all yeah, I'm saying. There's probably people like that across the world. But what I'm saying is, don't get don't get blinded by what the agenda really is. Uh, it yeah, all I don't, I'm not with, questioning agenda. Yeah, it all started it just with depends damn on your worldview. Welfare, getting a black man. Out now, of I agree, and I do absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Like it's like there's a paid incentive. There should be an incentive to actually. Wow, it would be great. Like if you stay married, imagine a world where if you stay married, nigga, they go send you bread. To keep, to keep, because that's not the agenda. No, you're absolutely ain't. right. The, the the design is not. You know what? Let's get if a black man and a black woman get married. Let's make sure we give them several tax breaks and exemptions so that they have a a better chance if they apply themselves to have to have home, to have ownership, to have you know uh, credit assessments and refinements, like all of these opportunities that legally happen to a lot of. America's done it for a lot of people, a lot of cultures that they fucked over, and international. Yeah. It's a question of whether they've done it for the black. And I, 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 you know, I might sound biased, but I just I look at things with a lot of perspective. And there were there systematically there have been so many inequalities in terms of opportunity, education, and I get I get white people who like get over, it, especially from their worldview. Like you know, I didn't have anything; it wasn't easy for me. I can understand, but I, I think. That, that divide, the only way it could be bridged is if you relate and really just have a talk. Like, not about sports, not about getting fucked up, because it's easy. It's a great conversation to talk about sports with white people. Right. It's good to talk about fucking. Like, they'll tell you more about fucking their wives than they will about their political views. So, um, let's move you know, this motherfucker right on. Um, We're moving. So, uh, people with New Year's resolutions, how many. How many would you say are still keeping their New Year's resolution? Are you asking me? Yeah. What would you say? I'm cynical. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we're still in January. So we still got a good. I feel like people with their New Year's resolutions, they're. They can you can do a lot of cheating shit. So I will say like fifty percent are sticking with it because it's still January. And here is why: like the people who have weight loss goals, like especially like you know people who do the waist, like there are things you can you can you can train like, and they have those for men too. Did you see this? If I see a man with a waist train on, it's not a it's not a waist train, dude. It's like a whole body suit, but you pull it up over your belly and like what it it makes it look like. I saw it. I saw it on Facebook actually, but and people were commenting and laughing. But there were actually dudes in the comments like, you know what? I would get one. And women were like, I'd be of so. They would. But and then there were women like, I'd be mad as fuck if I saw a dude and he take that off and he got a big gun. And then another dude it posed a comment like, but I'm mad every time I see a woman do it. 
Every time I think you look like this in your body when you have it on and I see you naked and you look completely different. So, but, you know, it's not my flavor, but to, you know, to each his own. Another emasculating of men. Um, But there's a market of motherfuckers who want this crazy shit. Right, because they're not real men. That's a simple answer. <laughs> they want that crazy shit because that's well, their feminine you know, side coming out. I, 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 I mean, and they're, they're beta men. They're not alpha men wanting to wear a fucking uh, waist trainer. Like It's not a waist trainer. It goes all the way. It goes all. It's like a, It's more like a bodysuit. It goes all the way up to damn near your, your, your chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so New Year's resolutions, about 70% studies have shown they end that shit about week three of January. 70%? About 70%. And I was at 50, so I was a little off. I was close, though. And it's weird because... Uh, it's kind of in line. I, I I intentionally paid attention this week at the gym, and all the people who were packing the gym out um, the first couple of weeks of January, I may have seen four or five of them today. Um, they have kind of uh, fell off the wagon and, and migrated out. So, um, But what I will say is when these people, what you got to think about is this. When these people make these New Year's resolutions every year, what they're actually doing subconsciously and they don't realize they're showing that they have a level of consistency because you say every year you're going to do the same thing. You're talking about consistently being inconsistent. Yeah, but then then you don't do it. So you've shown that you have the ability to be consistent because you keep saying the same shit. This my year. Uh, I'm coming for everything that's owed to me. But hey, man. So I would just say that spills over in the internet cap too, because people just people people make an internet version of themselves. Damn, some of the internet cap shit. So our next segment we go get into. uh, We can only really be happy, truly happy, when we live in total integrity with ourselves, when we're really open and honest and transparent. And this is because we human beings need the truth like we need food. And we are starving for the truth. All right, it's time for you to eat. Get your fork and plate out. So, been seeing a lot of people uh, say shit like, man, this, these kids these days or this, this, and that. And uh, I kind of had this topic in the vault last week. Um, when Shaw was here, but uh, Shaw's not a parent. Shout out Shaw from the Fizzle. That nigga look different without glasses. Yeah, like a whole different nigga. <laughs> but he's not a parent, so uh, I felt it more appropriate to talk about it this week while we got Andy on. So, yeah. with that being said, people are saying this this day and age, kids are different. Do you think? Two part question: Kids are different, or parents are different? Second part. Do you believe in corporate punishment of kids, spanking kids? Uh, do I think kids are different? Not really. Um, I really, for the most part, um, barring circumstances where a person may be born and not, you know, have access to limbs, nerves, you know, uh, Autism, you know, which I think may have been the case with a lot of people who just wasn't identified properly. But I think for the most part, outside of things like that, 
Um, because of course, my daughter is autistic. Uh, kids are the same. I think the level of discipline that kids are getting, the amount of upbringing, the amount, the things that were brought up in terms of principles of respect, I think those things, and that's, it's normal. Like every generation, it, it gets more convoluted. Like the moral code and the level of discipline from a black man from the 30s and the 50s, and when you move like even to the 70s, as opposed to the level of discipline with the 90s, you know, like, and you know, and again, it's worldview, like, but you know, my grandfather on one side, he was in the military, so it was like, there's absolutely no dishes. Like, that was a, there, there shouldn't be any dishes in this sink. It should be wiped down, it should be dried, the house should be clean, the kitchen, everything should, you know, the towels should be folded the same way. Like, and it just got to a point where, you know, Shit, I'll get it when I get it, or I'll load it in the dishwasher. You know, just the level of discipline, you know, and I'm that's a simple example, but even with, with terms of morality, like right and wrong, like there is a void. There's a void of somebody telling a lot of young kids that's wrong, mm. or no, you shouldn't do that. And I think that's what separates them, and that's why, like, you know, the, we say the kids are getting worse, but it's like, there's less people reaching out to them. There's less people guiding them. There's 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 less teachers that really really give a fuck. It's not a lot of whole. It's not a whole lot of Mister Clocks right. running around this motherfucker. This right. this gonna go to the wire, making so little money in a capitalistic society where they don't even put value on you, right? Giving back plant seeds in your community like the kids. You know that's mm-hmm. our number one resource. You know there's more there's more value on misogynistic. You know, I got this. I I spend this. I look like this. This is how I live. There's more value in that mm. than that. So, um, nah, these kids ain't ain't motherfucking different. Did I answer the second part? Uh, I don't think so. What was the second one? Do you agree with spanking kids? I do, but I. You know what? Every year, it evolves for me, mm. and you know, and it's crazy because like this is why I enjoy podcasting with you, like. Things like this, I wouldn't talk about. And I wouldn't share on the internet. I wouldn't have any conversation with people. But I feel comfortable sharing on on a platform like this. But for me, with my daughter being autistic, I have to admit, like, I try hard. Like, because I, I got my ass whooped a lot. Right. Some undeserved ass whoopers. But I kind of understood where life takes you. you yeah. life, uh, life will unexpectedly whoop your ass. So... Um, with my daughter, especially with her being a female and, and her being autistic, I struggle with giving her the level of discipline because I'm always trying to, I'm trying to teach her, you know, and now we got her in a pre-K program where she's learning and absorbing. Like, I, I try to teach her so much more. So I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm there with a lot of the discipline. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I do need it. Maybe I don't. Mm. But like I want to talk to her And I want her to develop Different motor skills And be able to communicate more So like I'm not really like I'm not whooping her ass like that I'm not I'm not spanking her I I, I use a tone mm. I use a voice You know I do more things like that um, As opposed to actually putting my hands on her And, and, and whooping her Like mm. so Um and then you know I have a son, so when I when I thought about him and you know God willing you know he he doesn't have any signs of you know anything like that autism, but you know it's like you know what 
if he could have mine, I'm going to beat your ass. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, his mom was like, you know, is that fair or is that right? Mm-hmm. Are you are you finding this way for your daughter? Because naturally you have more of an empathetic side mm-hmm. that you don't have to your son. And I thought about that shit. And I was like, this nigga's he's seven months. He hadn't done anything. You know what I'm saying? So for me to say, you know what, my temperament with him is going to be this level with a mistake. And my temperament with my daughter, even though she's autistic, is going to be at a different level. That's not right. You know, so I can say that I was born that way, but I'm like, the times are really dialing me back with yeah. that shit. You know, for me, it's uh, that, that's great feedback. Thank you for sharing that because I'm sure it's, it's listeners who will be able to relate. Um, for me, my uh, daughter's 16, so we passed that stage. Um, but yes, I believe in whooping kids. Um, she used to get her share of whoopings. Um, but I always challenge myself never to whip her when I'm mad and never lead with a spanking. Meaning, um, you do something wrong one time because, uh, I've, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this part, but, uh, I was abused as a child. Um, Andy talk about he got spankings. My mom used to abuse me, um, my spankings were way over the top. I'm talking about, uh, I know I've suffered several concussions, um, you know, just with how I was beat. And I, I made sure that I never lose my temper. And my mom, she suffered with some mental health issues. But I made sure, like, you know, I never lose my temper when it comes to when I'm spanking my, my daughter. And, you know, um, my lady now, she has two girls. And me and her talked about it. We kind of came from the same background where it's, uh, you know, spankings was, was the norm. Um, sometimes it was excessive. And we, we talked about how, like, as a result of that, she's kind of more passive. And we talked about if, if, if we have a child together, you know, um, I had to make sure she understands I'm, I'm not going for that. You know, like, and we got to be lock and step with that. Like, if I say you go get your ass whooped, you go get your ass whooped. There ain't no come here, let me save you, let me do this. Like, no, because I feel like um, a child, barring that they had a mental capacity and there's nothing wrong and they, they know what they're doing, um, I feel like you need to train up a child. Like like the Bible says, like train up a child, spat a rod, spoil a child. Like I don't believe in that. I don't believe in... Taking out anger on a child um, That's why I always believed in calming down Before I would whoop my daughter um, But yeah I don't have no problem with that And then the other part of the question um, Do I feel like kids are different? I do And the reason why I feel kids are different Because parents are different Like think about when we was coming up Our generation uh, We were born in the 80s um, Back then you had the crack era but now you got the opioid era, and you got kids who are having kids 13, 14 years old, and now these kids are 15, 16 years old. Uh, those opioids have really screwed them up. And then all the entertainment is based on just let's commit genocide 
amongst each other. So everything is angry. Like it's either if you if you pay attention to the majority of music for kids, it's either angry or emotional. Unless it's international, I Unless would say. Unless it's that. international. Yeah. Yep. It's anger in the US it's anger or emotional, like suicidal music or kill music. Like, it's it's sad, like you know, like just from a music perspective, like growing up the opportunities we had to hear so many, even if even if you stayed in the realm of like hip hop, R and B, old school seventies, and you got exposure to that, you still got a wide array of instrumentation, yeah. singing in different octaves and keys, like mm. people who really they got put in a genre, mm. but they were genre bending artists, you know. Right. So, like now. In order to find that, like when you when I think about neo soul music, the best neo soul ain't coming, from, and there's a lot of great artists here. The best neo soul ain't coming from America. Yeah. When you think about hip hop, the motherfucking artist that's on top of the game right now has been Canadian, and he's been running it for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about, of course, there's no no brainer when I think about the reggae. Duh, that ain't. There's motherfuckers from America. Shout out to Shaggy. Who who done yeah. reggae? But you know the best shit, the best everything is from a, from a culture perspective. We're getting it, and we're adding that into our melting pot of fucked up shit here. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I I think a lot of the the, the close out before we go to our next topic. I think a lot of it, kind of when I look back, you know, we, we don't want to get into it too deep, but uh, monogamy that was something that we adopted from. White women Because they didn't want To share their husbands So black women Started following that Yeah and I think As a black culture We've kind of Taken that on Like uh, So you saying Women Black women Need to stop Wearing weaves And just be You know No 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 no. That's not the point I'm making The point I'm making Is like I was hoping it was That was awesome (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think they're talking To like With the kids Things Like they would see White parents Oh you're in timeout. Give me this. You're grounded. Like, nah, man. It w- it wasn't none of it. That would be in. That would also be added to it. Like, not only would I get my ass beat, don't ask to go nowhere for a week. Like, that wasn't just. Oh yeah, you're grounded. Like what? Like no, you go get off the ground, and then you're also gonna be told you can't go nowhere. But I think nah, man. Like. I don't agree with that. Like, just, oh, no, nah, I don't, don't want to whip my kids again. As a parent, it's completely your choice. I'm just saying, me, no. If if it calls for it, they getting it. Nigga, do you, like, you got your shoes to show that, do you have your shoes up here to show how it would match with your whole outfit? We do this every week. Yeah. It's part of the ambience. Nigga, I like that shit, yeah. nigga. I was, I was just peeping that shit. I like, nigga, I like that shit. Yeah, yeah. But um, alright Next day we get into, we pulling back the curtain, and this one go be great. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Alright man. So listen, mm. pastors <laughs> are going, and, and and I'm so glad I say this for Andy Kane because if y'all go back and listen to our old shit from years ago, yeah. For we, some people don't know, we did a we we podcasted together. We did, years, and we've yeah. been talking about pastors, yeah. but I want you to, I, and I'm gonna give y'all several examples of pastors going too far. Here's the first one: would not face Jesus anymore. 
What most people would do is turn away. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'll make a mental note. What, what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you, is just as he's physically standing here, knowing what's coming. God's saying, can you physically and spiritually and emotionally be able to stand? When getting the vision or receiving it, might get nasty. I'm going to say it in a point just like that. Receiving vision from God might get nasty. You mean, God, I just bought in crazy faith. I just bought my dream car. And now you're going to ask me to sell it back and ride in the hoopty again? Yeah, because the vision I'm about to give you it might get nasty. What's the oh? What just happened? Okay, so the fuck this pastor. Uh, were you looking at a visual? Yeah, it was. It was a visual. You should have showed me. Oh, I, I should have. Uh, I just heard the oh, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So that's one example of a pastor. Uh, and I, I want to get into. One more. Um, this that was Pastor Mike Todd. So keep that name, and then I'm I'm gonna elaborate on what Pastor Mike Todd did and was doing that had people in awe. Now the other one is uh, there was also uh, another pastor. Um, she was a female pastor, and this is what. She's saying that God has anointed her vagina to sleep with men in the congregation to cure their fertility. But the sex can only last two minutes to cure infertility. So after two minutes, they have to pull out and it's over with. But she has been sleeping with congregation members because she has an anointed vagina and she is curing people. In her congregation. And idiots are okay with this. But let's go back to Mike Todd. So are you there any see- study, Are there any studies that show the fertility rates <laughs> of the congregation? <laughs> you- I mean, like, hey, let's look at this. Let's compile this data fairly. Like, has anyone no. actually been like, oh my God, I'm fertile now? And if they and, did, it's a farce. But here's the thing uh-huh. Pastor Mike Todd, this motherfucker. Spit in his hand. Okay. I heard the spit sound. I was wondering what he was That's doing. That's why the audience was like, oh, ooh. What do you do? Bought a member of the congregation up and rubbed the shit on him and said that he, vision of the Lord, it might get dirty, is is where he was taking it. Okay. Well, it what, was, do, what was he doing in the second one? Everybody was like, oh. Yeah, he was rubbing it on him at that point. But you, well, we heard two clips though. The first one was he was. That was a spitting, and the second one he rubbing like, on somebody. And then the second one, uh, he rubbing it on him. So, yeah. Uh, 
People were saying like this is absolutely disgusting. We can't believe he did this. Uh and uh he got the scripture completely wrong. So one dude, and I put this out on Facebook, a lot of people was commenting on it. One dude was like, man, uh, Jesus did it. And I'm like, Jesus was performing a miracle. This guy was just performing. And when Jesus did it, he was making a point in John chapter 9. He wasn't saying, and, and he spit on the ground and concocted clay to put on a man's eyes to restore his vision. The point Jesus was making then was that you're here in the midst and you have no faith. You have perfect vision and you have no faith. You can see and you don't have faith in the Christ. This man here has all the faith in me and he has no eyesight. That's the point he was making. This idiot spits in his hand, rubs it on the man's eyes and said, hey, when you start envisioning the Christ, it might get dirty. Um... Now hold on Before you comment mm. You're a member of the congregation Mm-mm. You're no, called you're the, You assess yourself You're a member Oh fine Okay I'm in the congregation You are He Go calls you William. up Come up Yes Yes Spits in his hand That's the last time I've been at that congregation <laughs> I'm putting hands on his ass Like you Come on man Now right. You have gone too far And that's what the topic I want to talk about, man. Pastors right. are starting to perform. I was about to. I, I like. I love the way you you segmented that. Like, it's it's like shock TV. Like everything. <laughs> like everything nowadays. You need like to put that extra like. Oh shit! What the fuck? <laughs> like so we can engage. Like the key is engagement, and people who are masters of engagement, we see it. They don't. Motherfuckers don't give a fuck. They will. Remember those motherfuckers who would stand on top of counters or restaurants and just get naked or they would just put themselves in a coffin. They would land and fall up. People will do any little thing. People will make fart sounds. People will throw shit and risk getting their ass whooped. You know, people do all types of things for this. So um, has it overlapped into, you know, religion? Absolutely. But that my stance doesn't doesn't change like. uh and again, I, I I hate to sound like I'm I'm negative against religion because I I, I have faith. I think spirituality and a personal relationship with God is very relevant. Yeah, I'm spiritual. I, I'm not religious. I also feel like that a lot of preachers, a lot of these blokes, they're pimps. So what he's doing with I feel like he is so much of a pimp, meaning that he can use his words. To get a person to a certain perspective point to do what's beneficial to him. That's really what I consider a pimp. To bend your will to align with exactly what I want. He said, you know what? I might I could see this motherfucker. What's his name? Mike Todd. I could see Mike Todd sitting back before the sermon the day before, sitting with a bunch of niggas, a couple of bitches, smoking a blunt, doing some coke. Like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you. Nigga I'm so motherfucking cold with this shit Nigga if I spit on my motherfucking head And I slap the shit out If I rub it all on that motherfucking face They gonna run with that shit nigga They gonna love me nigga They gonna be like They were like nigga You crazy You know what I'm saying You wild He like watch me nigga But surprisingly it didn't go over well He had to issue an apology The congregation was like But pissed. he thought But he thought his pimping Yeah they tried to see how far they can they go They thought his pimping 
he thought his pimping was that strong that I could do this shit. Yeah. But they but didn't. They didn't. The they didn't move him. Strong? Did they move him from the church? Or is he still the pastor? He's still the pastor. Yeah. But, right. But the word, from how I was raised, and in, in, in my understanding of the word, the word should be that strong. You don't need all these extra gimmicks because another person asked. But like, you know that that that. Show, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, nah, I'm sorry. Another person was like, "Why do why do pastors and preachers play music behind their sermons? Like you know, is is there's been." And I I need to do more research on why, but there has been, especially just me growing up in, in churches, like, and probably in, in Detroit, I went to church and in the Deep South, but, like, black churches, it's not like that in, like, a Pentecostal or Pres- Presbyterian, but, like, it's always a certain level of showmanship. Like, there's a point in the show, well, not the show. The you said it right. In right. The show. There's a point in the show where they're like, "This is the point where we are designed to get people energized. We need mm-hmm. to get them motivated." And I think in the black community and churches, is we are guilty 100 percent of putting more emphasis on the way the message is delivered as opposed to the actual message. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the actual words, you put that emphasis, that, that soul, that 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 push. Yeah. You you do that shit, and you know it engages people more than the words. So people actually get addicted to that. Like I, I mean, I love making analogies. It's kind of like that in hip hop. Like motherfuckers got to a point hip hop. You know, like you know what? Fuck what you said. All you really need is a dope beat. Man. You know these niggas. I don't. I don't need that. All I need is that that part yeah. to get me. That part to get my adrenaline going. That's what I need. And that 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 flair has changed and and, and and grown. Only only people. And this again, it's just my worldview. When I think back in the eighties, only people who had old Jerry Cur- curls and niggas on the West Coast pastors had yes. them cur- pastors had them curls, nigga. Pastors they, was permed up. That's it. And like just perm. just some of the comments people were leaving. One dude said he knew this mega church pastor who told him that he would finagle the temperature in the church. He would he would have him change the temperature to where it was extremely hot. He'll put the heat on in the summertime, and he'll tell people like, "Oh, you about to start getting warm. That's the spirit coming on you." He's changed the temperature. Now they think they got the the Holy Ghost, and they start getting up, jumping around. But the temperature's been changed, and then I asked a simple question. I was like, in the Bible, it talked about how Jesus came into the temple, and he overturned the merchants and money money exchanges and all of that. Why you got mega churches with Starbucks and gift shops in them? Like, it's big business if you're looking at it, and it's not focused on the word, and it's big business. Yeah, and these people business. are exactly the people that they're going there, following, listening to. They're exactly what Matthew talks about when it talks about there will be those who come amongst you that are false prophets, and they don't even see this shit. It's about money. Like, how are you sitting there and subjecting yourself to hearing somebody preach your word? When you can't even have access to them if you need to. But you know the crazy thing about black people and and I, again, y'all I don't I don't podcast every week, so I don't mean to jump on one right now and just piss everybody off, but do it. Black people have this undying loyalty to what great grandma 
viewed and her thought process. Like, we're not so far away that we're like one generation away in terms of conversation to somebody who actually like lived through slavery. There are people still alive who actually lived through slavery. And at that point, when religion was used as a weapon, not they didn't give black, they didn't give slaves religion, you know, so they, cause they hoped that their souls would go to a better place. It, it, it was weaponized. Yeah, control. It was control. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your, your blessings later. Cause mm-hmm. here you're fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> For real. That was the, that was what, that, that was what they were giving the slaves. But in terms of the religious faith and the undertones and the undenying doubt, like it makes, I would say if a black person walks up to another black person with the perspective point, you know, God is not real. There's no such thing. 70 to 80% of black people would be like, uh, makes, this dude makes me uncomfortable. He or her, I, I'm not fucking with them. Mm-hmm. Period. Whatever their moral view is, Especially I don't know. Right. They, I'm not, you said there's no God. Motherfuckers will do shit that they know God doesn't love. They will kill, they will fuck, mm-hmm. they will sodomize, they will lie, they will cheat, mm-hmm. but then they'll say, God know my heart. They'll they give you a pass. Like, motherfucker, why are you all assuming that there's a heaven for a ghetto? What if there's not? What if there's only one code and you don't get graded on the curve? What the fuck you thinking? People wanted to criminalize me for saying racism don't exist on my last episode. But, you know, yeah. um, these pastors, man, listen, I, I'm i telling y'all, again, like I said, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. Pastor. Religion is just a huge gimmick. Pastor. And you seeing what these people are doing, man, like, wake up, pull the curtain back and look at it. Like, why are you... Jesus, if, if they're saying they follow Jesus, the greatest to ever do it, right? If they're saying that, why is he in a better financial situation than Jesus was? Why? You know what I mean? Jesus wasn't up there in... In the Bible, Jesus wasn't balling out of motherfucking control. He, he was a carpenter. He still worked. He wasn't balling like, out of control. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, y'all got to stop falling in, in for that. In this society, if Jesus came back, you know how... How little love Jesus would get, like Jesus wouldn't. Yeah, you know I'm. I you know I'm just this. I don't know, but I don't feel like Jesus would be in the strip club. No, like throwing. Like Jesus wouldn't get no love for that. Jesus wouldn't get no love for shooting a nigga. Right. He wouldn't get on, on, no love for beef with NBA young boy. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't uh, be. He wouldn't be on drill. He he wouldn't do any of those things. So absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know how popular of a living form of Jesus came back right now, motherfuckers would he. Sweet Jesus would be un- underappreciated. That's all yeah. I can say. And people have told me, like, bro, like the way you talk and the way you understand stuff, you should be a preacher. No, because I know y'all idiots would give me all y'all's money. I, I don't. That's not what I would do it for. I could easily finesse y'all out of y'all's money. Because once I, the calling hits to, you, though, to do it for no, altruistic reason, no. I can see you being appreciated. Yeah, no, I, I could finesse y'all out of y'all's money. I got away with words. I know the Bible. I know I could tie it into what y'all. All you need hear. is the faith to believe that your purpose is to deliver that word. Yeah, but if it is, I'm not gonna be that dude who. I don't think you will. Yeah, You'll be a good pastor. I, I need to charge all this and that. Like, man. Stop it, man! And y'all redemption. Is it me, or does it seem like like certain churches like they're they're strategic even when they raise the offering? 
Like they're very like they oh, they're yeah. very targeted. Like after we turn the the fuck up niggas, yeah. after we own and we calm back down, or especially if we coming it back down and the motherfucker owner go organ just go turn back and like yeah, and the whole drum and yeah. everybody and then we get another Bumble session Bumble, of energy yeah. and motherfuckers just dancing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And doing uh, all that shit. You got to pay for that. After that, we are raising the offering. But it's a performance. I even seen people. They got this joint called praise dancing, where people come in and perform. Like yeah, what? What is I just, this? I, you know, I feel like praise dancing is like the Apollo. Like I be looking at it. Like even if somebody suck, you don't say nothing about it because they praise dance. Like I got partners. Yeah, like, I got partners. That, I got partners who praise dancing. You know what I'm saying? And like I don't say nothing. Like that's great. You know, that's all. Nah, I just you stall them out. You know what I'm saying? But praise dancing, no. Like I knew. Really. I seen in the church. Like every Sunday, uh, after the pastor would say something or they would do announcements, so like, and who's not in the church and the sick and shut in and the building fund, there was a person who always got up and started speaking in tongues. Man. And every time specifically, because the pastor had multiple children. I know, I, nice guy. Um, his children, one of his, and they were older than me, the other one, one was speaking tongues and the other one would immediately stand up and translate what was being spoken in tongues there was never one time that one stood up and spoke in tongues that the other did not get up and immediately translate what was spoken in tongues and nobody probably put together that they rehearsed this they probably just like oh this is divine intervention faith no all right so uh joe biden has got a really low approval rating and i want to get into this because Sometimes because niggas and, and, don't like him and white people like Trump better. No, no. What the point I want to make about this is sometimes, and you can equate this to real life. You will people will hate you so much. They'll go along with somebody else that they hate just a little less just because they hate you. Absolutely. And that's exactly what they did. That's why I root on the 49ers. Uh, whatever. But they did that <laughs> shit with Biden. And then they talked about when he came out and said, if you don't vote for me, if you're a black person and don't vote for me, you're not black. So here's what I want y'all to understand about this whole Democrat, Republic, conservative, liberal, left, elitist. Listen to all this bullshit that has been coming. The first clip I want to play for y'all is Senator Mitch McConnell. Of color who are concerned that without the John L. Lewis voting, let me start this over. What's your message for voters of color who are concerned that without the John L. Lewis Voting Rights Act, they're not going to be able to vote in the midterm? Well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. African-American voters, according to Senator Mitch McConnell, where is he, the senator? Are voting just as high as Americans. Where is he, the senator? I I don't know. (laughs) Uh, He's on the Senate. He holds a huge seat on the Senate. African-American voters are voting... Just as high as Americans. Because African Americans are not Americans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> African Americans, apparently, we're not Americans. So You're Africans. Amer- You're African American. So Tesla <laughs> Figaro, one of my favorites, she came in because and and I don't uh 
sugar-coated, and I'm not going to discriminate. Kamala Harris, no, she sold y'all a dream. I saw through it from the beginning, putting on her Chuck Taylors, her pearls, her uh, uh, Tims. She did play JKA. Yeah, AKA stuff. Uh, Shout out to the AKAs. Uh, reciting Tupac lyrics. Um, just played and taking on a nickname, Cammy. Uh, all y'all fell into that shit. And now y'all mad, like, okay, well, what has she done? What is she doing? And then she goes on uh, with Charlemagne. Charlemagne interviews her. And uh, Charlemagne, you, you again, bait him in. He tried to play Biden and she. Yeah, he, he says something. And she whacks her finger and calms you down. And women like, ah, oh, yeah, she put him in his place. Another uh, beta man. Uh, you calling Charlemagne the beta you're man? You're fucking right. Like, you should have been like, hey, this my platform. I don't give a fuck if she is the vice president. I would have checked that. That ass. nigga didn't want to be Mahmoud Abdul Raouf'd. Who gives a fuck? Like, he did. His income. She needs to be checked. But anyway, here's Teslin Figaro dropping some jewels behind this shit. <laughs> this nigga said, come on, be pathetic speech uh, that Joe Biden gave in his answers to black America. Charlemagne the God asked, was Joe Manchin in charge? And everybody said, oh, I can't believe that Charlemagne had the audacity to ask VP Harris that question. Everybody said, oh, yes, Senator Harris, she gathered Charlemagne and oh, he got gathered. Well, guess who got gathered last night? Guess who got gathered last night? Joe Biden got gathered literally at the same time that Joe Manchin was on the floor. It's three Joes on my mind. One, Joe Madison, who's starving to death in bad need of a two-piece and a pepper, who's been starving, waiting on voting rights. Two, Joe Biden, who failed and gave the most pathetic reason for not uh, delivering to black folks by saying, oh, I need to look them in the eyes. Uh, And then uh, Joe Manchin, who obviously has been bossing the entire Democrat Party and is indeed in charge. There's a song uh, on Power. 50 Cent has a song on the show Power. And he says, I'm an undercover liar. I lie under the covers. Whisper in her ear and tell her I love her. That reminds me of Joe Biden, who's allegedly the most powerful man in the world when he said, oh, all I need to do is just go back out and talk to him one-on-one. No, Joe Biden, what you need to do is stay in D.C. and deliver on the promises and not uh, decide to go out and sell more dreams to black folks. What's he supposed to do when people were dying from COVID? Okay, I'm sorry. Respectfully, you know I love you, but I just can't skip past uh, what I wanted to say a moment ago. Uh, when you said, he, how was he supposed to do this during COVID? Guess what he did when he ran for office? It was during COVID. It was during COVID when he made a promise to George Floyd's family. I was in the room when he was on the speakerphone. It was during COVID when he came out and made promises to black folks. It was during COVID when Jim Clyburn said he knows us and we know Joe. It was during COVID when they made these promises and said that as long as you give us the house in the Senate, uh, all will be well. The problem is that the law shouldn't have never been set up. You shouldn't have never told these individuals with these self-imposed deadlines to continue to fail with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. And just last week, with saying, oh, we're going to bring the vote to the floor on MLK's birthday. This is absolutely their fault. So we cannot say, oh, it was COVID. Oh, if only I could go out. If only COVID kept me from going out. COVID didn't stop you from going out and telling those lies. At some point, we have to be honest about 
about this, and he still but has Teslin, not called out. Let me. Wait, okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He still has not yet called out Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Hmm. Boy, she came in guns blazing like yeah, cause that was Joe Biden's latest saying, "Oh, I I, I can't really address," cause people was holding his feet to the fire, asking him, "What about student loans, Joe? What about reform, Joe?" Oh, I I, I don't want to talk about that. So I can get out in front of the people and look them in the eye and talk about it. Well, fucking Joe, you were out here doing COVID to Tesla's point. And politicking and doing all this, now you're using that as an excuse. Kamala Harris, what about all of this? But see, this is what black folk will do. You don't research the history. You look at the moment. You sound like you hate niggas. I, I, I hate how we fall for the banana in the tailpipe as a people. And then we get mad and be like, man, I can't believe they did us like this. She voted for prison reform against black people. She voted for making black people have stronger sentences back in the day for shit like crack. You know what I'm saying? So let me throw this at you. Is it, is, it, is it Kamala's fault that niggas don't give a fuck? No, it ain't her fault. She that Again, she pimped y'all, finessed y'all. She just but in a different pulpit. motherfuckers don't do their research. Joe Biden did the same shit. Back in the day, look at him... He was the shit he was doing. If a motherfucker did that right now, you would come out and be like, oh, he's a racist. He did it back in racist times. He was on passing laws, signing off on laws, making jokes about the laws he was signing off on. And then just because y'all hated the man Trump so bad, I don't even think Trump is a racist. I think he just say what the fuck he mean. But one thing you can't deny about Trump. He go get to that money. Yeah, he's a he, capitalist. He go show us where that money is. But now y'all out here, Uncle Joe, what you doing? Sprinkle the What races. you doing, Kamala? Where y'all at? Where the fuck you think they at? They already showed you who they was. You expect them to be somebody uh, else? So let me, let me throw this again at you for devil's advocate. Can you name any politician that you like or you appreciate what they've done at any level? Like, you know, this person did a good job. Um... No, I, I really don't because I think there's not one politician that I, I think is 100% uh, genuine. So you think there's a human in any profession that's 100% genuine? Me? I said in a pr- pr- profession. Um, this profession well, of people. I, I, don't, I don't even think, no. And Obama, let's, let's keep it real, his... All he did was was just really focus on the LGBTQ community. Well, that you was know, his, what he was supposed to do. The one thing I'll say is about Obama, and then I'll, I'll you know I step back. But you know he did. I forgot the gentleman's name, but he had people specifically like he had people who just wanted their go like whatever you put up nigga we blocking it. We trying to decompose my tumble your shit. Mm-hmm. Not because the shit is gonna help America. We don't give a fuck about that. We're not gonna if something helps America. We're not gonna let you be tied to it. We're not gonna let they you be right. Tired uh, of the racism, blocked them on Twitter, and all this man is but that, telling that you, helped his voting. Like he got a lot of racist votes. They love that's his core demographic. So I mean, that wasn't a, a mistake. But people associate Republicans with being racist. They do. Black folks voted Republican. But Trump did back a lot of. Day. But I mean, Trump did a lot of shit, and he knew specifically. Like when he went, when he didn't. And not, he didn't denounce 
like any of the the Aryan racist clan groups. He didn't, and then he was like, "Stand down." What did he? What did he say? Stand down to the who? The, the Proud Boys. Yeah, stand down. Proud stand boy. down and stand by. You know, he you he, know? he made a when you're trying to speak directly to a group that's known to be racist. You know, there's there's a reason for that. He wasn't just you know talking that way. He was it was strategic and it it it, it fueled his target market. Who you know, a lot of people they didn't like like Obamacare. And the Affordable Health Care Act, from mistake of just reading that shit and actually just trying to go forward with something that'll help Americans, they didn't have that many fucking different. They, they didn't have a lot of stickling points that were different. They weren't a big variation. One was made by Republicans. One was made by Obama, or ratified by Obama. And then it, once it got labeled Obamacare, most of America they didn't actually go through it. Like, let me look and see the actual difference. It was just like this is associated with Bob Obama. Fuck him. So I'm not with this shit, you know, and, and black people are guilty on the same side. This is what the Affordable Health Care Act says. You know what? Fuck this. This is some Republican shit. But black folks, man, what we do, we do a lot of talking and then we have a lot of expectations, but we don't put a lot of action into it. Like, here's what I will well, say. We're guilty at all levels. We don't get people at the, you know, at the at the local level. We don't make sure we get those people in power. Like, it's a it's a trickling. Like, in order for any black person, if they had... 70% morality to care about black people. You need people b- below the house, the Senate, like more mayors, councilmen, like at all these levels, you need to see more of a black influence. And there's not, there's a gap. With the new vote that's about to happen, you're going to see more Republicans take these seats. Because, bro, the Democrats, man, y'all looking weak right now. Kamala and Joe Biden, like, what the hell? And and black folks, they, they got that black vote. Yeah, we, we did it. What did we do? The black vote. What What did we do? The black vote is the vote. You know, all you got to do, like church, you all you got to do is spit game. All you, you got to do is you spit ain't got to you ain't got to follow through to get the black vote. You just yep. gotta, you know, yeah. Gotta show you guys, show you, you in with the culture. You know, a few like rap a, like like the same way a white person literally would go into a situation as a group of black people. The same way, oh, you know, what? he cool. You know, what I'm saying the reason back back before political times, people forget how black people love Donald Trump. Right, niggas made songs like uh, you know I'm, I'm getting rich yeah. like Donald, up like Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah, Jeezy made songs. Ray Shrimmer, they up, up like Trump. You know what I'm saying? Like it was cool. And I don't they, have they, a even, with they Trump. even have Trump on record saying that these motherfuckers are so dumb. Yeah, I that if I actually just started saying this and this and this, they would vote for me for president. Right, completely Man, unqualified. Yeah, it's about um, that time. One uh, last one. Well, you know what? Um... I'm going to probably say these for next week. Oh. Because I, I got to get out of here. I got an appointment at 1 o'clock. But, Ooh. hey, listen, man. I got appointments, too. It was great. You know what I'm saying? Now my brother back to sit down and chop some stuff up. As I tell y'all every week, uh, energy is real, but everybody don't possess real energy. Make sure you guard yourself about who you're around, who you be with. Um, to Nigga, make you didn't sure ask me what I had going on. Uh. You got real quick. Tell the people in uh, forty-five seconds to a minute what you got going on and where they can follow minute, you. At. What, I, what I got going on is um, uh, so rough. I wasn't prepared. Um, there's a segment that's going to be coming out. Um, Call roses. I'll go into the detail of it later because I feel like the purpose to serve with roses is coming soon. That's going to be coming out of the gym. Um, my my singing album is going to be pushed back indefinitely. 
uh, 40 Days is still on the platform where it's just going to be a load and a load of content. The app is actually in the finalized stages where I'm actually getting my Apple certification. So for more updates, you really have the app. It's going to be a stupid dope release party and it's going to be a lot of fun. Catch me uh, at, a, at, a, at a party near you. I'm going to be DJing tonight in Clemson. Shout out to AGR and ATO. Be rocking with those folks tonight and uh, energy going to be crazy, man. But yeah, that's. That's enough. Tell them where to follow you. Uh, DJ Rain Music on Instagram. Uh, Anthony Edwards on Facebook, on Snapchat. It's uh, Book DJ Rain. Um, you can find me. Yeah, man. Yep. So, again, appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Make sure subscribe, like, rate, review. If you want to submit content or if you want to be on the show, stand on it pod at gmail.com. Uh, I have several people waiting to make an appearance. Some of you I haven't got back with because you don't have anything viable that I want to sit down and have a conversation with you about. But, hey, I appreciate you being a fan of the show. Until next time. Sit down, you gotta stand on it. If it's for certain, let's have around. You gotta stand on it. Open the curtain, it's going down. You gotta stand on it. Cause I put my step on it. So you gotta stand, 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 stand. You gotta stand on it. Stand on it. You gotta 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 stand, stand, stand.